And one of the things we know in the real world is that one of the things that makes a great purchasing experience for people is activity, doing something. Um, and so in many stores, people pick things up. Uh, they touch things. When you watch people in a clothing store, they're doing it without realizing it. They're touching the fabrics to feel the, the clothes. And you, you find many clothing stores have very narrow aisles between things because you have to brush past things. So one of the things we don't do enough of online is having uh, segmented your audiences. What are those segments going to do? What are people going to do when they get to your website? So we need some actions for them to take. Far too many websites is just passive reading. Welcome to another Live with Roy interview where you can listen in absolutely free as I, Roy Fur, interview the world's leading experts on information marketing and publishing, internet marketing, copywriting, selling, business success, and a whole lot more. You can browse the entire Live with Roy archives, download past calls, and join us to get first priority notification as soon as new interviews are available, all by visiting www.livewithroy.com. Again, the address is www.livewithroy.com. Now let's tune in for another exciting interview. Hello, and welcome to another Live with Roy interview. I'm, I say it all the time, I'm incredibly excited about the guests we have on today. We are reaching across the Atlantic uh, to bring you another of the world's leading experts on internet marketing. And specifically today, uh, our guest is billed as an internet psychologist who helps you understand uh, your web visitor your, and, and customer behavior. Uh, to, to generate more sales, more profits, more revenue from your Internet marketing efforts. He's an in-demand consultant and speaker. He's an award-winning writer and author of 29 books. He's a member of the British Psychological Society, the Society of Authors. He's a fellow and past president of the Professional Speaking Association. And he's a regular contributor and interviewee in media in the UK and beyond. Uh, so today, I'd like to welcome to Live with Roy, Graham Jones, the Internet Psychologist. Welcome, Graham. Thank you, Roy. Well, let's, let's, di let's dig in here. Um, you know, your, your title that you have for yourself is, is a little bit of, of an odd title. So what does it mean uh, to be an Internet Psychologist? Can you describe that to listeners and, and why it's important to think about it from this angle? Yeah, I mean, I am a psychologist. Um, that, that's the first thing. So uh, um, I've always been interested in how humans communicate. And so when the Internet came along, I thought that's an interesting, different way that human beings communicate. And so I decided that what I'd do is I'd devote my time to studying how people use the Internet, how they behave online, how they misbehave online perhaps uh, sometimes, and how businesses could capture that new information about this new way of communicating to make sure that they really got to understand their customer behavior. So I focus on what people do with the internet because the internet is not about computers connected to each other because we could connect every computer in the world to, the, to each other but if people didn't do something with those computers then nothing would happen. So it's about the people that are connected. You and I are sitting in different parts of the world at this moment in time using different computers to connect to each other but it's not about those computers connecting it's about you and me talking to each other 
Absolutely, um, and 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 that's that's very interesting. Now, how long ago did you did you start really diving into this and 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 developing and understanding and and studying this? Well, I wrote my first book about the internet in 1993. So, really, at the very beginning, at the the very early days of the internet, um, and so I've been doing this, you know, for a very long time, really, an in internet in internet time uh, since the dawn of internet time almost um, absolutely well 9394 is when we started seeing the visual web browsers when that's the right, internet yeah. moved beyond uh you know bbs systems yeah. and and so on okay well you you know from this research you've you've developed this concept of of the human internet and i think what you've said already kind of uh teases at that but but would you care to to dive in further about you know what what is that behavior that shows up on the internet how 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 do we uh, act in a unique way on the internet versus uh, behaving in person uh, maybe behaving in response to being in a store or um, communicating with a business through their marketing or over the phone I mean yeah, what's I different. Uh, there, there are lots of differences. Uh, there's also lots of similarities, um, but the, the the differences are that people spend a lot less time on the internet making decisions compared with the decision-making process they use in the real, what you might call the real world. So, if if for instance uh, you're in a physical store, uh, people will, uh, when you observe people's behaviour in the store, they will wander around looking at the products they might buy, they may touch them, pick them up, they'll compare them to another product physically, they'll wander around the store, they'll then go and do something else often, they'll go and look at something completely different. Uh, you know, if, they, if they're looking around a big department store and they've been looking at computers, they'll then go up to the next floor and look at clothes, and then they'll go back to the floor where the computers are on, um, and go back to that decision-making process. So what they've done is they're using their subconscious brain a lot of the time to help them make decisions and it's a long process. On the internet decision making is done in seconds and in fractions of seconds. So one of the problems that anybody selling stuff online has is that people make their mind up almost instantaneously whether or not they're going to buy from you. So for, for retailers online um, you've got to really grab attention in seconds Whereas in your store, you create an experience that allows people to be there for minutes um, and encouraging them to buy more as a result. So the, the real big difference online and uh, compared with offline is the short attention span online and the time, the decision-making time that people uh, take is a lot, lot less online than in the, in the physical world. My, my experience certainly... Um, uh, certainly agrees with that. In, in terms of once you once you walk into a store, you're kind of committed to wandering around and 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 looking at things. It's it's much harder, uh, especially to to make a no decision very quickly in a store. But if I had a website that, you know, for some reason isn't giving me what I wanted from it immediately, and and I'm sure listeners will agree, I just simply click away. Um, and and that no decision is very quick online. Quite. And the other thing about the, the the physical store is that to make a comparison or to look at uh, an alternative supplier uh, could take you many minutes to walk down the road. You may even need to drive to a different town. 
you know, it's much more difficult to actually go somewhere else and compare with what you've got in front of you. Whereas uh, in the internet, if you're unhappy with that website, you can go to the competitor within seconds. So the the the, the gap between uh, being able to move to a different store uh, is so tiny on the internet people can do it whereas they don't do that in the real world so much because it's much more difficult much more cumbersome much more time consuming to go to different stores absolutely i, I mean a, a single page of google result could be could be seen as a you know an entire shopping center full of competing stores yeah quite um and 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 it just makes it easier and and easier to to get away from folks that don't immediately draw you in. So yep. so that's one of the big differences. Um, are there additional differences, or would you like to focus on some of the similarities? I mean, where do we go from here? Um, the, the, another difference is that, um, and this is where some of the websites who don't quite make that connection, is that in the real world, what we do is we buy from people. So even though we may be in a store, where we we want to buy something, part of our decision-making process is whether or not that store treats us as an individual. So do do the uh, sales staff uh, you know you know talk to us in a in a, a positive, nice way? Are we treated as though we are you know their only customer, or are we ignored? All those kind of things we take into account, and we do that online. The problem with many websites is that we're not treated as individuals. We're just treated as part of this great mass of people who go to the website and we don't get that individual personalized um, customer service led um, system so if you if you were to walk into um, a, a store um, in, a, in a in a shopping center that you you'd walk in somebody may smile they may greet you they may um, welcome you they may ask you if you need any help you might say no I don't but they'll come back to you when they they think you might be struggling and they just check that you're all okay they just want to make sure you're all right when you visit many of their equivalent online stores the same company ignores you all the way through the process and so that's another difference between our online experience and our offline experience, that not enough uh, of what we do online are we treated as individuals. We're treated as just, you know, a great big mass of anonymous people, and we don't like that. We we like to be respected and treated as individuals by the people we connect with. So that's another difference with our online experience compared with our, our real world experience. That that certainly uh, that certainly resonates with me. I mean, uh, you know, when I when I go out shopping, it, part of my decision about buying is often driven by, you know, who's standing behind the cash register, who I speak yep. with. Um, so very very interesting. Yeah, so what absolutely. are what are some of the what are some of the similarities? Well, some of the some of the things that we do do the same is the way we make decisions. So okay. we do, we don't um, make decisions differently online. It's just the process is quicker. So the the decisions uh, that we make online are things that um, trigger a, a couple of specific parts of our brain. Our decision making process. The all the um, neuroscientists who map what goes on in our brain are able to point out that 
um, the, the the front of your brain, sort of the the bit right above your eyes, uh, is the bit where we do lots of um, analysis as to whether or not this is something we want to engage in, is it something we want to buy, is it a website that interests us, and that signal that if that part of the brain says, yeah, yeah, th that's what we want, it then goes off to the deep center of your brain where your emotional center is held um, and checks with your emotions that this is something you really want. Uh, and if your emotional center says, yeah, yeah, that's okay, this, you will like this, then that sends a signal back to the front of your brain which says, effectively, press the buy now button. Um, or whatever that we're, we're, we're doing at that time. So that process of the front of your brain and the middle of your brain and the emotions being central to our decision-making process is the same whether we're online or offline. So we don't behave differently, we just do it quicker online than we do offline. So th that's a, a similarity. Um, the other um, similarity between the online world and the offline world is that um, it comes back to this being treated as an individual. We do like to be, uh, to make, for us ourselves to believe that we're the shop's only customer. Um, you know, we don't want to queue, we don't want to do all these things, but we're the same, uh, that kind of self-centered focus uh, is much the same online as it is offline. And one thing we're seeing uh, another similarity uh, because of the great rise of social media is that actually we do like doing what other people do as well. So uh, we do like we do like to follow the crowd. We're a bit sheep-like in our in our behaviour. We don't like being too different. Um, so that's the same online as it is offline. Well, hey, we don't want to offend folks. Tell them that they're sheep. <laughs> no, I, 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 cer I certainly agree, and that's why, I, I mean, you see this position in so many different ways. You see it positioned as social proof and the need to, you know, yeah. on the Internet, go beyond just putting testimonials up, get, get folks engaged through social media or, or through comments on your website, share videos of user experiences. Um, all, there, there are all sorts of different opportunities to bring that, uh, that social proof in online so let's so so we we've talked about the 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 simple speed of of decision making and 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 the speed of access to competition as being one of the big differences uh we've we've talked about you know a website doesn't have a personal touch whereas in a store uh you know we we as shoppers can experience a personal touch from that business based on who's in that store uh, providing service to us um, but the actual brain's decision-making process, the, the, the process that the brain goes through when it, when it makes a decision is the same whether somebody's purchasing online or offline. Uh, their desire to be treated as, as, as an individual, to receive that personal touch, people want that even if, even if it doesn't exist on so many websites yep. today. And, and, and then um, the, the, the fact that we, we like to see that other people are making the same decision we are, um, yep. that, that that's the same online and offline. Yes. Now, these seem like some, some pretty important lessons, and, and they really jump out to me as ringing true. Um, but what, what I'd like to hear for listeners is, is um, maybe, maybe a specific story or two of how you helped, uh, how you helped a client apply some of these principles within their business you know the 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 simple changes that you made 
um, you know, to, to, to bridge the gap between the differences and to take advantage of the similarities. And, and some of the, the results that that uh, achieved. Uh, so are, are there stories like that that, that, we, can, that we could yeah. go through? Well, what I'll do is I'll give you an example. It's not, not a company that I've worked with, but they're a, 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 fantas okay. a fantastic example, uh, I think, of something that is done really well. Um, they're a company called Cree, C-R-E-E, -E, and they make um, LED lights. Um, and the, the, the bulk of their customers are going to be um, you know, architects and builders and uh, kitchen installers and, you know, people who do, you, you know, come and put lighting into offices and homes and, and so on. So, so they're well, not I, if If I can stop you for a minute, and yep. I think that this, this is probably going to be a great example because when we think of something like the human Internet, automatically I think a lot of folks' brains go to, well, okay, consumers. Consumers yeah. are human. Consumers are the people yep. on social media. But what you're talking about is a company that sells primarily to businesses. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of their customers would specifically be more engineering oriented. Why? Yeah. And 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 that's stereotypically the the logic only no no personality yeah. uh marketing approach and and so yeah. I'm I'm eager to hear how you apply this this personal touch or yeah. or how that's applied yeah. there. I think they've done extraordinarily well because given that they're that kind of business you wouldn't expect them to be you know, a, a leading website. They may be leading in their sector, but you wouldn't expect them to be hugely popular online. You wouldn't expect them to have tons of traffic. You wouldn't expect them to engage with consumers very much. Um, and yet, um, they're in the top 100,000 Alexa rankings. Um, so, okay. you, you know, they're doing all right. The you know, um, but for a business-to-business -business lighting company, you wouldn't expect them to be in the top 100 thousand in Alexa um, and they have um, three different Twitter accounts which between them have uh, tens of thousands of followers of followers they have uh, very active Facebook um, engagement and what they did is they created this thing called the, the lighting revolution and what they did was say okay look lots of places you visit have got really poor lighting. They've got, um, you know, you, you go to some offices and the lighting's not good. You go to hotels, the lighting's not good. Your your home that you've just bought may not have the best lighting in it. And what they did was set up a competition. And so this competition was for you to submit your pictures of places with really bad lighting. And so consequently, that created this interesting thing for people to do. So people would say, no, my office has got really bad lighting. And somebody else would go, no, my office has got much worse lighting than your office. And consequently, <laughs> people, were, people were engaged in this game of who's got the worst office lighting, who's got the worst lighting in their kitchen kind of thing, you know, which hotels rooms have got the really bad lighting. And consequently, Thousands of people are uploading pictures to their social networks showing these really bad lighting. And each month, Cree would award a prize for the worst lighting of the month. Now, um, that meant that what, what's happened now is that that's caused people to be much more aware of the lighting in the environment they're in. They're much more um, conscious of 
the different kind of lighting and the impact it has and that they've realized their office is really badly lit and consequently that means that when they want their uh, office redesigned or they want a new kitchen at home they're actually thinking of lighting which means they're then saying to their designer who's doing their kitchen I'd like a you know the lighting looked at and of course that is it helped increase the business for Cree as a result so by focusing on the interests of people Cree have been able to make their website and their online activity hugely popular even amongst people who are not necessarily going to buy directly from them but through their suppliers so it's a business to business um, company um, largely and they do sell to consumers but the, there's a business to business element and they by focusing on a bit of fun a bit of engagement that people can get online instantly um, that's really brought them um, a tremendous um, online popularity which you wouldn't expect uh, for a business of that kind um, so I think that's a really interesting example of the way they've they've achieved something and I think there's lessons in that for all kinds of companies yeah I think that's it's absolutely fascinating the way that they used a contest not even to highlight their product no um, and and excuse any accidental pun with the use of the word highlight but yeah. um, <laughs> not not to highlight their product but to um, to 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 highlight the problem that their product yeah. solves yeah, I mean quite. that's a it, it's it's really a fascinating um, idea, I suppose, about about how social media can be leveraged, yeah. um, and how how human connections can be leveraged. It looks like their 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 main corporate site is Cree.com, but they have uh, Cree LED Revolution dot com, yeah. yeah. which is li lighting the LED revolution right. for folks that that would like to dig in. Um, Okay. Well, that's that's absolutely fascinating. Have there been other businesses that have caught your eye uh, using some of these same ideas? I think some of the big brands do uh, quite well, um, but obviously they've they've got huge teams. So when you think of you know somebody like Starbucks who use Twitter extraordinarily well uh, by connecting with people as individuals, uh, one example I can give you there is a, a friend of mine um, was. Uh, meeting his uh, daughter um, in uh, Starbucks and he um, was a lifelong uh, lover of uh, another a coffee um, establishment and uh, okay. so, so the fact that he his daughter had said to him look dad I need to meet you she she was at university and probably like many students needed some more money from her dad but she, so she said meet me in Starbucks at the end of the road and of course for him meeting in Starbucks when he was another coffee lover was kind of you know consorting with the enemy <laughs> and so he, he he tweeted and anybody who knew him would know that he loves a brand of coffee called Costa Coffee um, and so okay. it, everybody knew that that all, all his followers would know that um, and he tweeted you know gosh I'm in Starbucks will I survive kind of you know just a little joke <laughs> um, and uh, he said that within about two minutes he had a tweet back from the chief executive of Starbucks in the UK saying welcome to Starbucks thanks for giving us a try 
Um, and he thought, oh, that's just an automated tweet. It turned out it wasn't. It turned out that it really was the chief executive tweeting and welcoming him, him um, and that the chief executive had followed some of his other work, so that's how he, he saw the tweet. Um, and that led to um, actually some work for my friend uh, for uh, Starbucks here in the UK. And so he, the, what happened was he was treated as an individual. Now, Starbucks do that with a lot of their customers. You know, when you say something and they welcome you and they chat to you, um, much like they've always done, they, they treat you as a person rather than a, you know, just another number. But their, their um, benefit is that they're a major brand and they can employ people whose sole job is just to tweet. Now, for smaller, smaller businesses, so they, they do do really well in this human connection. Smaller businesses can't do that because if you're running a business and you're on your own, how can you run your business and do all the tweeting and the you know, human engagement? Uh, or even if you're in a small or medium-sized business and you employ 10, 15, 20 people, you probably still haven't got the sufficient resources to be able to do the extent of human connection that the big brands do. So I think some of the big brands do really, really well, and we see lots of examples of, you know, Dell sold $6 million worth of computers and all these kind of things, but that's because they've got lots of staff who can help them do that. Uh, and for many yeah. businesses, you can't follow the lessons of those businesses to do those kind of things because you simply haven't got the time and the resources and so on to do that. So how do you, how do you adapt this if you're in a, a small business or you're, you're a solopreneur, uh, an individual yeah. entrepreneur? Uh, say a consultant or something. I think what you need to do is to say, okay, what is my strategy for each of my social media? So what do I want Twitter to achieve for me and my business? So for instance, the way I use Twitter is my strategy is that people see me on Twitter as a useful source of information about using the internet in business for a, you know, a, a greater advantage. So that people automatically think of me as the person to go to if they need information about the internet and its use in business. So I, that's all I use it for. And so because that's my strategy, it means that a lot of my tweeting can be automated. It can be, you know, I've just read this and um, here's something else that I've just seen that's useful. And you can do that level of automation because people are only expecting me to tweet about here's something useful to read. So you can do that. Um, but if you're, so you, you don't have, you, if you don't, you could, oh, I, I'm sorry, but so, so you could spend like an, like, like a, an hour to a week kind of going through various, various news sources and, curating um, yeah. what you feel are the most useful articles, uh, and then you could schedule those out using an automated tool. Yeah, quite. I mean, personally, I use Hootsuite, but there are others. Uh, I also use Twitter feed. Um, so those two tools between them, um, you can automate a great deal of um, stuff that goes out. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't also be human, because when somebody comments and tweets back and says, that was a really useful article, um, I enjoyed reading it or whatever they're tweeting, 
you've got to tweet back because they are having a conversation with you and they then want to be treated as an individual so they want you to say that's very kind glad you enjoyed it kind of conversation so you you can't just completely automate Twitter but what it does mean is that you can have a presence which is automated and be seen as the expert. So if you're a business consultant, if you're a solopreneur who's, who wants to be seen as the expert in your field, then you could do a similar uh, kind of level of automation. And that means you don't have to spend hours and hours on Twitter doing all kinds of things just to be seen on Twitter. So, But you need then a strategy, first of all. What is your objective for using Twitter? So once you've set up an objective for any social media, then you can work out the best way of using it. And I think the one thing I do find amongst many smaller businesses that I do consultancy work with is that their their objective is simply to be on Twitter or to be on LinkedIn or to be on Facebook or anywhere else, um, to, to be on Pinterest and just upload loads of pictures without any thought as to what's the purpose for doing it. And I think once you've got your purpose in mind, once you've got an objective in mind, then actually knowing what to do, um, how it will engage with the people at the other end, then that's what you need to, to think about. Okay, okay. So, um, you know, you, you specifically mentioned your objective as being uh, to be to be kind of this, this curator, this source yep. of of good information on how businesses can use the internet. Uh, of course, it's it's very specific to your work as an internet psychologist. But are there more uh, generalized uh, objectives that uh, that you often see? I, I mean, if 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 we were looking at at you know three or four broad business objectives. Um, for for how to use social media, one of them being positioning you as as yep. as as a, a source of good information on a topic. Um, you know what what might the other the other uh, couple objectives yeah, the, be? I mean, one it, you could use um, any social media. It doesn't really matter, but you could use a, a, a social media as a customer service tool. So for delivering um, further support information, for delivering additional advice for delivering answers to support questions um, you could simply use uh, you know say Twitter uh, or Facebook uh, just to do that or you could have a group in LinkedIn so every time you uh, get a new customer they automatically become a member of your customer service group and that's where you deliver your your customer service so um, that's one way you could use social media as a different uh, strategy um, and so that's a, that's an alternative to the being seen as the expert. So it's a okay. um, the, the other thing is it's simply about um, extending those relationships because as I think most people in business appreciate, you make more money from selling to your existing customers than you do trying to find new customers all the time. And so uh, if you've got good relationships with your existing customers, then you can get make more money. And so. Uh, one strategy for using social media is to build those relationships, to extend those relationships, to um, to give other information once you've had a meeting with a client or uh, something like that. You can extend that, give them further information, say here's a link to what I was talking about earlier and so on. So um, it's about relationship building 
um, or extending relationships and deepening those relationships with your customers? Uh, or is it about customer service? Or is it about expertise? The problem, for, I think, for many businesses is they try and do all of that in one Twitter feed. Uh, and therefore, it becomes a bit difficult for people to understand exactly what you're, what you're doing on Twitter because it's all a bit about everything. Uh, and so if you have specific focus, specific strategy, then it's much easier for your customers and potential customers to, to get what you're doing with, with social media. But more importantly, it's much easier for you as the person doing this to know what to do. Okay, okay. Well, I, I happen to be um, one of those folks who, who I'm, not, I'm not strongly biased against Starbucks, but, but, but I have my own coffee preferences. So, so I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't closely tracked their social media use, but, but maybe an example of that, you know, Starbucks could have, could have a Starbucks, you know, at Starbucks service on Twitter and at Starbucks yeah. yum and at yeah. Starbucks, you know, coffee information or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 what you're what you're essentially talking about is 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 um, you know creating dedicated Twitter yes. feeds for different aspects of yep. the business. Or, or Cree, for example, may have their own Twitter feed for their CEO or for general yep. company information, but they may also have you know a, a, a different one for the LED lighting revolution. Yeah. Um, so that 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 does make a lot of sense to me. And and then once you once you have kind of this this purpose driven um these purpose driven social media accounts um it, it it allows you to really communicate with customers clearly like this is this is where you're supposed to be if yes. you want you know service from us or if you want more information from us or or, yep, or absolutely. whatever yeah okay so it sounds like um it it sounds like social media uh, simply because of its social aspect has become um you know one of the core tools of the human internet and that seems to be my experience as well that that you know that's where folks are looking for you know more of a coffee shop um connection with businesses rather than than you know a vending machine or yellow pages connection with with businesses um where they're they're looking for more engagement now does this human internet, um, you know, does this apply towards more general online marketing communications, towards email, towards uh, blogging or online video? Uh, how how can it be applied there? Yeah, I think that um, email, of course, is one of the longest uh, surviving aspects of the internet anyway. Um, and so that's been around, you know, a lot longer, was invented before the web. And so people have been using email for communication for a long time. But now what appears to be happening is that people are compartmentalizing email as a tool. So that um, people appear, in general, uh, to be using something like Facebook as a means of communicating with their friends communicating socially uh, and they're using email now much more as a business communication tool so communicating with you know getting it's the place where you get your receipts for, for a down you know on online purchases it's where you get uh, information sent to you you know marketing information it's where you communicate with other business people and so because we've got these array array of tools that people are doing 
they're compartmentalizing. So email is m actually, because it's now becoming seen much more as a business tool, it means that your customers and potential customers expect you as a business to use email more probably now to communicate with them than before. And so actually those people who tell us that email marketing is dead um, haven't realized that actually we should be using email to um, to communicate more. And in fact, there's plenty of data that shows us that people are more likely to purchase from an email than they are from uh, a web page anyway. So, uh, And that's because the email is delivered to them personally. So we need more personalization in emails to make the person who receives the email think it's just to them. And although many autoresponders will allow you to insert the person's name, um, we need more uh, data collecting to make it really personal. So, you know, the, the, the email is addressed to the person by name, but then there's lots of other facts in the email that you've collected about that person so that the whole email is really, really personal. Um, and so just simply personalizing it with a name is no longer good enough uh, because people are now using email much more for that business communication. So you've really got to stand out as somebody who's really communicating with that individual receiving the email because they, their perception of what email is about is now a little more focused than it was even a couple of years ago. So, well, um, you know, one of my one of my biggest revelations in, in internet marketing or, or email marketing in particular was 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 simply the segmentation of your list based on yep. based on interest or behavior. Yep. So so you know what actually I don't believe you know about me is that my wife is a is a counseling psychologist right. and I have an undergraduate degree in psychology so it's a field right. that I'm fairly familiar with yep. but you know if you were to take a big national psychology association the American Psycholo uh, psychological association or you know it's equivalent in 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 Britain um that within that association or within any other professional association, there are plenty of folks who fall into different silos. And so you may have yep. counseling psychologists and clinical psychologists and academic psychologists. And within those, there's yep. even more specification. So when somebody connects with you on this broad basis of, hey, I'm a member of the association, your goal as as an email marketer um, you know, really should be from very early on to start developing a more specific picture of that person and putting them on on sublists and sublists yep. of sublists yep. that represent much more specific preferences. And those can be done, you know, it can be as simple as as hey, we've posted a specific article about you know um, a, a certain counseling psychology topic. Yeah. Um, and 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 if you track the people that have clicked on that link and assign them some sort of, of marker within your email system, um, you know, or depending on, on the capabilities of your system, if you get them to opt in to view, you know, a, a, a report or white paper or, or whatever, um, you, you develop a, a more clear picture than, hey, this person is, is, is a member of the association. You start to understand their interests. And then, you know, like you said, the personalization goes beyond using their name in the email. You can specifically say, you know, because you were interested in this before, we thought we would give you more information about it. And that, that starts to feel much more personal from the recipient's 
yep. angle and you know my experience within business is it gets you better results from your overall list as well quite and uh, you hit upon a very important point this um ever decreasing narrow field that you're targeting um and part of that is this lack of attention span online so when people receive uh, to use your example of people in an association that the people in the association who are clinical counseling psychologists who work in the hospital sector only um you know and they only deal with people who have um i don't know depression um you know that's a highly specific group of people within that association they want to see all of that information in the email targeted such that they don't have to wade through load of irrelevant stuff so they want the email personalized but the problem is when they land on a website they also want the website just as personal about their specific interests so if you take an example of a client I'm uh, working with here in the UK they sell um, floor tiles, wall tiles, um, and in you know all kinds of different shapes, sizes, varieties, colours, and so on. And you land on their website, and it's a lovely website, uh, but it's got you know all tiles for all people, um, which is okay. a fa fairly typical website for many people. Now, if you are um, doing a new kitchen and you want uh, just new kitchen tiles on the floor. You don't want to go to a website which has got bathroom tiles, which has got um, kitchen tiles that go on the wall. You only want floor tiles. So what you really want is to go to a website that, you know, I don't think it exists, but that would be called um, kitchenfloortiles.com. And so that your narrow requirement is just to see kitchen floor tiles. And actually what you really want is to go onto a website that's just square kitchen floor tiles, not oblong ones. And actually, you want square kitchen floor tiles that are in light colours, not dark colours. And so, you know, the narrower and narrower we can deliver whatever it is online to people, that, that, so that when they land there, they have gone to specifically what they want. Now, the traditional route to that would be to have specific landing pages for all these people within uh, one website. The problem with that is that you only benefit from that by either uh, advertising, pay-per-click, uh, to develop that landing page, or by being so good at the search engine optimization that you've somehow miraculously got yourself to the number one position. And that means actually you're cutting out the biggest sector of your market, which is word-of-mouth marketing. And if you've got a landing page that you know has got forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash to get there, then people can't pass that on. Whereas if you've just got a website called squarekitchenfloortiles.com people can pass that on they can talk about that they can you can put it in in your your physical world advertising you and people can remember it um and so actually rather than just specific landing pages specific domain names even if they point towards a specific landing page are things that people want because what they want to land on in that short attention span just like the email they want it completely specific to their particular needs at that specific moment in time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so so you know you talked about working with the client and you you show up at their website on the first day and 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 you see that there's all of this going on and if they're doing this, if they're doing this in their 
you know, with their website, it's likely their email is, is, is just as messy as far as, you know, yep. um, you know, rectangular square bath tile, kitchen tile, you know, it's all clumped into, into, into one big email and their social media may have the same issues. If you were going to point out, you know, three specific things that you try and do first with a client that, that provide them the most leverage towards uh, getting, getting increased results from their, their online marketing. Um, you know, do you have a checklist of kind of your yep. first three things that you do? The the first thing is to segment the audience. To, so to find out those um, individual um, target groups that you're trying to, to get to. Um, over here we call them niches, I know, but you call them niches over there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's just just, you know, the same language separated by a few thousand miles. Um, but, you know, to, to, so the first thing is segment your audience so that uh, even if, you know, a business that says, you know, like pre, that we're, we're doing lighting, actually you're doing lighting for a whole load of different kinds of customers. And so who are those customers? So, it, you know, work out your target groups, and you can end up with hundreds of these target groups. So that's, that's the first thing, segmentation. Number two is about um, the experience people have. And one of the things we know in the real world is that one of the things that makes a great purchasing experience for people is activity, doing something. Um, and so in many stores, people pick things up, uh, they touch things. When you watch people in a clothing store, they're doing it without realizing it. They're touching the fabrics to feel the, the clothes. And you, you find many clothing stores have very narrow aisles between things because you have to brush past things. So one of the things we don't do enough of online is having uh, segmented your audiences. What are those segments going to do? What are people going to do when they get to your website? So we need some actions for them to take. Far too many websites, it's just passive reading. So we need things for them to do. Um, so uh, whether that's commenting on blogs or whether it's um, actually filling in forms or whether it's watching a video or there needs to be some action that the person takes when they either arrive at your website or they read your email or they've read your tweet or whatever it is. You know, What actions are people going to take? That's the to second thing. To go back to the the tile website, you, you know, you see this you see this a lot in in home improvement websites. Um, we're working on 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 a bathroom remodel right now, and and my wife logged onto a site and was actually able to to create a bathroom in 3D yep. Uh, yep. using various fixtures from from a company yep. or. Uh, with paints, you can. I've seen sites now where you can upload a picture of your room, and select segments of your wall and apply the paint to yes. it. Um, so, so yes, this this experience of actually doing something, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but it makes yeah. so much sense. Right. I mean, one of the sunglasses uh, manufacturers. I can't remember which one now, but one of the main uh, sunglasses uh, premium brands. Uh, allows you to sit in front of your webcam um, and it will put sunglasses onto onto your face so you can see wow. in the screen what you look like in wearing the sunglasses um, so that's a little bit of action a little bit of activity that um, that you're um, 
your visitors can uh, take part in. So, so, so often uh, many business websites are just kind of one way. It's about delivering stuff to people. Uh, but actually people do really want to take an active part. So the more activity you can put in, in some way or another, the better. So that's the second thing. So first thing is get your segments sorted out. The second thing is work out what activities people can do. Okay. And then what's number, was there a number three? Yeah, number three is make sure you relate to those people. So it is those those things like um, when you walk into a store, people say hello to you. So if you've got a product sales site, you're trying to sell stuff online, uh, even a system, even if you outsource this, but a system with a little chat box that says, you know, pops up in the corner, bottom right corner of the screen saying, hello, is there anything I can help you with today? Um, so that's the equivalent of being noticed by a sales assistant, just being recognized for being there. Um, and those little things um, relating to people when they arrive on your site, you don't have to do this with every site, but particularly when you're trying to sell things. Um, so uh, some method of relating to people, but also making sure that you do use something like Hootsuite or one of those kind of Twitter management tools um, to manage your social media, to make sure that you are holding conversations with people and treating them as individuals. And so um, it's to put in place a, a strategy for your relationships with people um, in an online sense. So the, the three things are focus your segments, work out what activities you want your visitors to do, um, and make sure you have a system for creating and building the relationships with them. Uh, once you put those three things together, then actually you do ex much better than you might do with a simple, straightforward, um, you know, here's my website kind of thing and buy whatever you like. Well, excellent, excellent. So, are there any are there any major challenges that you find clients have or other businesses have when they're they're trying to implement this, and and perhaps, you know, easy ways to to break through those roadblocks? Yeah, the the real challenge that most people have is realizing that they're that if you do all of this, you're whatever you do, whether it's uh, email marketing or whether it's uh, delivering, you know, curating content on Twitter or whether it's um, uh, adding to your different strands of your website or different websites, that you've, you can't stand still. You've constantly got to produce new ideas, new content, new material, new videos, new stuff to, to be online. And that's what uh, I think many people struggle with. They can produce the content for the base website, but coming up with constant new ideas is really difficult for them. So the one thing I think people need is a process, some kind of system um, that gets people to create new ideas, to be able to plan those things, to be able to implement those things. So something that, um, uh, some kind of system that helps people deal with that challenge of coming up with new ideas the whole time. Now, different systems work better for different people, but you need a routine. You need to say, you know, every Friday afternoon or whatever it is, I'm going to, you know, spend my time working on plans for next week's content or, you know, every first Monday of the month, I'm going to do next month or whatever it is. But you need some kind of strategy, some kind of plan, some kind of process to make sure that you're constantly coming up with new ideas uh, because if you don't, your competitors will. 
Well, that's 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 excellent. Now, uh, some listeners may be may be interested in getting more from you in in terms of uh, perhaps a, a client relationship. Some may just want more information from you to follow you as you continue to share information about how to use uh, the 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 internet. Um, to, to grow your business, uh, some folks may just want to to hear more about your uh, your your speaking activities and, uh, and 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 your work as a speaker. So, how can they get a hold of you uh, after listening to this call? Well, um, if they go to GrahamJones.co.uk, um, they will find uh, me there uh, and everything they need to know. But if they put forward slash blogging system, so that's grahamjones.co.uk forward slash blogging system, that will take them to uh, a free download, which is um, what I call a plan for for blogging, but really it's a plan for producing content. So on that last point that I raised about the challenge that people have, this takes people through a planning process that allows them to constantly come up with new ideas uh, for content um, so they, they don't just have a static site. They're always adding new material to their email marketing or to their website so that they're constantly interesting their customers with new stuff and that gives them a plan as to, as to how they can do that. So whether you call it a blog or whether you call it a website is really irrelevant but uh, grahamjones.co.uk forward slash blogging system. Okay, and blogging system is all one word, all, all lowercase. Yeah. Okay, all one word, um, lowercase. Yeah. And and I I saw a video that you did about your approach to this, and it 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 definitely makes sense with its simplicity, and 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 so I really I do encourage listeners to uh, go to that page. Uh, so again, it's it's www.grahamjones, and I'll spell that G R A H A M j o n e s dot co c o dot u k and if you'd like to check out the blogging system it's forward slash blogging system all one word um and and if you're listening to this on the website i will provide links below the interview as well so uh graham thank you again for all the wonderful content that you've provided listeners here and uh, you know i hope i hope listeners uh, got as many good and profitable ideas out of this as, as I did. Well, thank you for inviting me, Roy. It's been a, a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to yet another Live with Roy interview. I'll talk to you again soon. Hey there, this is Roy Fur, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another Live with Roy interview. If you haven't already joined us, I encourage you to drop everything and go to www.livewithroy.com. Join us today and you'll get first priority notification when new interviews are posted and ready for you to listen. This is the single best way for you to get access to all the new interviews I post with the world's leading experts on information marketing and publishing, internet marketing, copywriting, selling, business success, and a whole lot more. I'll even send you a free gift by email right away when you join now. It costs you nothing but your name and email address, and the content you'll get could be transformational to your life and business. All you have to do is go to www.livewithroy.com and join us now. Again, that's www.livewithroy.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.